maybe try unplugging for a week, get off of your social media, make home a sanctuary. And when you get home, see what brings you joy. What do you want to do? What do you feel like doing? What makes you smile? See where your happiness is and then go from there. Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under-the-radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with model and wellness advocate, Rachel Serrano, also known as Rachel Love on Instagram. Rachel's honestly one of my favorite accounts to follow on Instagram because she just keeps it so real, and she shares so many amazing tips and just so many things that I really have, I feel, incorporated into my life since I started following her. So if you don't already follow her, I do not take these recommendations lightly, but I really do recommend following her. Rachel is a signed fashion model with agencies all over the US and Europe and has worked with incredible top tier brands and designers. She's been modeling for the last 13 years and has grown a cult-like following on Instagram where she covers all things beauty, health, and wellness with the goal of guiding women to become their absolute best selves. On today's episode, we talk about the reality of being a model and the unpredictability that comes with it, how she manages to stay healthy when her lifestyle is to be on call 24-7, how she copes with the fact that her body and appearance is indeed her job, how to stay organized and focus on controlling what is actually in our control, which is pretty relevant right now. And given the global circumstances, we do get into how the coronavirus has affected her financially and how she is approaching it day by day. So with that, let's get into today's episode with Rachel Love. So Rachel and I are both in our respective closets. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks. I'm excited to be on. It's your first podcast, right? It is. I've never done this before. You're never going to forget that you did your first podcast in the closet. So (laughs) good first one. It's memorable. Yeah. So you're a model. I am. How has this whole thing been going for you with the coronavirus? How has your lifestyle changed and, and how are you kind of coping with everything? This is not how I typically start my podcast, but I just feel like we we have to address it. Um, a lot has changed. I, so work wise, I was working nonstop. So it is nice to get a little break because I really, I was not even sleeping. I wasn't healthy, really. I was just traveling so much. And I actually thought that I was going to get Corona just because I was so unhealthy and I was traveling like crazy. I took 10 flights in six days. Like it was a lot. Yeah. So I thought I came home. I'm like, I'm probably going to get it like months away, but I've been fine. When did you stop? Well, when did I stop? Like, when did you stop traveling and you're like, I can't risk it anymore? Um, Like, right before, a week before this whole, like, shutdown. Or a week before, I should say, before the United States started shutting down. Not Miami, because they took a little longer. 
else did. And then everything was already sold out. All the Lysol was sold out. I didn't have any wipes with me. I was freaking out. I had to buy like baby uh, wipes. Baby wipes. Yeah, at the airport because they didn't have anything else and everything was just gone. So that's when I was, I thought, okay, I'll probably go, but I'm healthy. Hopefully, you know, nothing happens. It's been 14 days since then. So (laughs) I don't have it. I know. I didn't want to see my mom until after. And I haven't seen, I waited and then I saw my family and my boyfriend's family after just in case, you know, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so kind of you. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of like work though, like did they, were they stopping gigs or were you the one taking it upon yourself to be like, I'm stopping? I didn't mind. I was just kind of like the more work, the better I'll do it. But uh, I had a shoot scheduled, actually two shoots in Miami, which I thought, great, I'll do it. I'm home. Yeah, yeah. We canceled it because the clients were not from Miami. So I guess they didn't want to fly over here. And then all my castings got canceled. And then I got put on hold for a job in April in New York. But I don't know what's going to happen now. So yeah, we're just planning on going back to New York in April. At least I, I, I mean, I hope so. It's actually like breaking my heart watching the Today Show and like seeing videos of what New York looks like right now. It's like the hardest thing. I, I just feel like we're not going to be traveling at least until May. I, I don't know. I know it's like it's a bummer and it's really sad too. But I'm just enjoying my time off and I'm kind of focusing more on my blog and just like personal things that I wasn't able to work on since I was always gone. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like. It's a nice time for me to sit back and reevaluate what's important to me, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. Because I was just a little overwhelmed, to be honest, before. Yeah, and you were just like on the hamster wheel, like going. And I'm like, give me something to do, I'll do it all. But it's kind of a nice break. Yeah, it's like there was a a meme or I don't know, like some post that I saw that was going around that was like, I don't know what else to clean, but like eventually I'm going to have to deal with myself. (laughs) And it's like, we're all kind of like feeling that like, I don't know what else to do with myself because I mean, I live in New York, so it's like literally nonstop every single day. Like I'm so used to being in meetings and events and going and I'm like, my dad was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just don't know how to be like, I just don't know how to first like I was like on vacation, quote unquote. So I ate everything I wanted. I sat on the couch. I just watched Netflix and then I felt like a bum and I was like, okay, now what do I do? So then the second week I cleaned everything. I deep cleaned everything. And now the third week. I need to watch your closet. Yeah. The third week I was like, okay, let me focus on myself and being productive and all that. So. And then financially speaking, because I feel like maybe there's not a lot of models that listen to Active Ingredient, but there's definitely a lot of freelancers or people that work on a gig basis. Like, how are you coping with not knowing when that next gig is going to come through? And like, how are your agencies also like dealing with all of this? So I have learned to save my money. So I mm-hmm. have like a good net in case mm-hmm. something like this has ever happened. I've been modeling for 15 years and I was making a ton of money when I was like 17 years old and I was just spending it because I was a teenager. And I didn't model. (laughs) I didn't model for like two years. I was in college and I gained some weight and then I stopped making money and then I still had a lot of money in the bank. So I didn't really, it didn't bother me, but then I got a really low amount and I was like, okay, I need to chill. So that's when I learned you can't spend on your money. Like you're always going to be, you know, getting it. So luckily now I have a good amount in my savings and I'm okay. And I'm just conscious with what I spend and my agencies have been trying to push all the models to be active on social media. They've been asking me if I have like white backdrops, if 
for example, my LA agent asked me if they can send me stuff for Forever 21 to shoot in my apartment. And I was like, I don't have a studio like that, but I can try to find someone around here that does. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah, they're trying to get connections through all the models. And now I'm just waiting to see what happens. And uh, my Miami agency wanted me to send them pictures around my apartment building so they can send to clients to show them like, hey, do you want a girl to, you know, uh, do like social media stuff for you guys? Here's some examples. So that's so interesting. Yeah. Also, like, you're going to have Nick start shooting for you. And he's going to start charging me. Like, okay, you want Rachel? Yeah. I'm a photographer, so. Like, are you going to pay me? Because this is actual work. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Totally. That's so funny. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I kind of want to still get into all this stuff because it's obviously, like, also new to everyone. But I also want to get into just your career background in general. Um, but before we get into your career, what were you like as a kid? Like, do you feel like you're kind of like in the same zone as you were when you were younger? Like what, what was little Rachel like? Yes. And no. So I was actually a big tomboy. I didn't care about really. Yes. I am the only girl in my family. So I grew up with boys and sports and cars and, you know, dirt (laughs) just like all around I just I played soccer I was a referee like I yeah yeah. I I was kind of a boy and then when I was in fourth grade my mom bought me Saint Ice Scrub and she's like it's time for you to start taking care of your face so I was still really young and the only thing that I cared about was taking care of myself so I didn't care about fashion I didn't really care so much about how I looked, but I just wanted to make sure that I was always clean, you know, that my nails were always cut, that my hair was neat. Like I didn't care if my tops were mis or my clothes were mismatched, but I did care, you know, about cleanliness. I guess that's more part of my blog-ish kind of area. Looks, I guess it goes hand in hand, looks and modeling. Yeah. So I wasn't, I was an in-between child. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But like, what I feel like modeling is like a little bit entrepreneurial. Like it's definitely like, it's an unconventional career path when you look at like doctors or when you look at lawyers or when you look at like people that have a kind of like a straight edge path, like, would you say that you were always kind of like marching to the beat of your own drum or? Not really. I, I was always tall and skinny. And Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of people saying you should be a model. And I was like in fifth grade when people would tell me that. And I didn't know what a model was. And throughout middle school, like my mom's friends would say, wow, you're so beautiful. You should be a model. And people Mm -hmm. would tell me that. So I was like, okay, I guess I should be a model. So one day I was driving. I was learning how to drive with my dad in the car. And there was like an open call for models. And I told my dad, I want to do it. So we did it. Long story short, I became a model. We can get into that later if you want to. Oh my God. I became a model. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm a model. Now what? And then I started modeling and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. It was not at all. I kind of learned to grow with it. And now I love it. I'm glad that I stuck with it. Wait, so when you were 15 and people were just telling you, were you like, okay, I'm going to actually make a full life out of this? Or were you like, I'm going to do this on the side and see if it... I didn't know what a model was. Like, I guess I really didn't put thought into it. I just wanted like the label model because everybody said you should be a model. So then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm a model. But I didn't have to start working. I just thought... I didn't know what to expect. I was just so young. It was just kind of, I guess I'm going to continue my life and then just be a model on the side. You know, take pictures. I live in Miami. It's not a big deal. My first client was Kohl's and they would fly me out to Milwaukee one to three times a week. So missing a lot of things at home. And I had a boyfriend at the time and, you know, like young love, high school love from them. So I was just like, upset that I wasn't with him and upset that I was missing. I'm Hispanic, so quinceañeras, like sweet 16s. And 
so then I was crying and I told my mom, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not what I expected. So she told me, if this is not what you want, you tell me right now, I'll pick up the phone, I'll call your agency and we're done. And it was very like forceful. So then I took a step back and I thought, okay, wait, is this the right move? Do I really want to do this? I said, I'll try it for six more months. And if I really hate it in six months, we'll stop. But then I continued and then... I started making money and I was only 15. So I thought that was cool. And that's when everything hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like a little adult and this is a cool job to have. So I'm going to do definitely making money that more money than most 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. For sure. And at the time, a lot of people told me you're not going to model past 23. So then when I was 15, after I real, I, I actually already turned sorry, you're not gonna model when? past 23 oh, okay. like age cutoff. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's what people say. Yeah. But when I was six months after starting to model, I was already 16. So then I thought, all right, I'll just do this till I'm 21. I'll finish college. And then, you know, I'll be whatever I want to be, which yeah. is a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so you went to college. What did you, what did you study or what did you think you wanted to be in addition to being a model? So something with kids. I just really love kids. I wanted to be a teacher at first. And then I was a substitute teacher for about a year. And it was just not for me. It was what about it? It's just a lot. Like I really love young kids. I hated middle school. Not at like even fifth graders were just. Why? You know what I mean, they would just like hit on me. And you're so young. Like I didn't even know what to say back. It was just kind of a weird environment. I like yeah. really young kids that you can kind of trick. Like, did you hit her? Yeah. There's a camera watching you. I'll find out. And then they say, <laughs> I like those. Like kindergarten. You know, those yeah. that age. But it was just waking up really early and then like taking care of other people's kids and then coming back home. And then I thought, I don't want to do this and then come home to my kids when I'm older. So then I thought uh, either a child therapist or a neonatal nurse mm-hmm. or nutrition, something with just like kids and young babies. So with then, like a work schedule that makes sense for an adult. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just didn't want to be taking care of 30 kids and then go home and take care of my kids. Like I love doing the activities with the kids, but then I felt like it would take away from doing those activities with my kids. So, it's exhausting. My sister's yeah. a speech therapist and like, that's that like, it's, it's clinical kind of like you see them for an hour and like, that's it. And it's one-on-one. So it's definitely not as strenuous as a classroom of 30 kids. But right now she's doing teletherapy and I'm like listening to how exhausting that I'm like, you must be drained. Yeah. Like, singing and clapping on tele on teletherapy I'm like oh my god yeah I, I totally get that like when you get home you're probably like this is Sorry. one yeah not you know it's not right like, but like imagine doing that for 30 kids like yeah. no that's not definitely not my career path <laughs> like I couldn't so I ended up uh getting a bachelor's in psychology I thought it was very broad bachelor's because it could lead me to do whatever I wanted and then at that point I really miss modeling because I hadn't done it in two years so I thought let me get back into it See if I can do this for five more years. How did you get back into it? Well, I stayed with my me. Um, But then when I went back, I was kind of like, hey, I'm out of college. I want to work. I broke up with my boyfriend from high school. So I lost a ton of weight. And they're like, all right, great. You know, let's put Mm -hmm. you to work. And I worked a little bit. Then I gained some more weight. So that's like kind of where I learned about my body. Yeah, talk to me about like this whole weight thing, because I feel like like people who are not models, like we hear about this and like agencies being like, you need to lose 10 pounds and all this stuff. Like how real is that? Um, it's real, but they're not that mean. I mean, it depends on the agent. Some agents can be mean, but for the most part, most agents either 
are too nice to tell you to your face, hey, you need to lose this much weight, or they'll just say it in a healthy way. Like, hey, we suggest that you work out, you know, X amount of times a week, or uh, we suggest that you, you know, stick to this diet. But there was times when I was younger, I had an agent call me and she's like, what'd you eat for breakfast today? And I was like, um, a bagel, but I was like 17. Like, I didn't know. She's like, you can't eat that anymore. But I was so young that I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. Yeah. I was just like, it's my body. I can eat whatever I want and I'm not fat. So, you know, I'm, I'm good enough and I'm modeling. So I didn't think about it too much. But then when I became a woman and I was already in college, that's when the eating hit me. And that's when I really needed to like buckle down and learn what I can eat and what I can't eat. Did you feel like you always had a good relationship with it, even though this started when you were younger? Like, did you feel like, because I feel like obviously a lot of people can go off the deep end and it can be a really tricky thing. Yeah. Like having a relationship with food when like your job is literally your body. I had a terrible relationship. I still do. The first quarantine, I ate whatever I wanted. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to slow down. This isn't good. I binge eat a lot. I used to be really good throughout the week. And then on the weekends, eat whatever I wanted. And my body was just not having it. So now I just learned to love my body and to love healthy things and to know that it's okay to have some sweet things, but I don't need to go crazy with it. And if I treat myself with like a sweet at night, it's like a good balance. Yeah. Whereas before I would not let myself have anything sweet or, you know, anything bad, quote unquote. And then on Friday, I would say, okay, I'll have everything bad. And that's just, it's not very healthy. Yeah. Do you ever struggle with like sometimes just wanting to just be and like not, not relying on your body for work? Like, has that ever crossed your mind? Yeah. Especially when I wasn't working that much, I was just kind of like, you know, this sucks that I always have to look good. I always have to be skinny. Do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? But, uh, once, so I realized that it's not, that I'm doing it for other people. I realize that when I'm skinny, I feel better about myself and I perform better in my daily life. So I used to think that because people wanted me to be skinny, it sucked and my job sucked and this was hard. But then I realized that it's not what people want. It's actually what I wanted. And I feel the best when I feel fit, not skinny, when I feel fit and strong and lean So that's when I perform better. That's when I'm happier. I'm not like afraid or shy to talk to people or show off my body. Whereas before I would think, oh, this sucks. You know, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You have that under control like 100% now or does that that still creep in sometimes? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever have that under control really. I don't think people can ever have that under control. I feel like no matter what, something's going to trigger you and like, like you'll feel something, you know? Now I just don't feel guilty about it. So for example, this past week I was eating and by Thursday, I'm like, okay, it's okay that you ate this way, but now next week, let's try to be better. Whereas before I would say, I hate my body, you know, this sucks. I'm, I'm fat. I suck. I'm disgusting, you know, but yeah, totally. And I'm like a person that if I do that, like I've, I've had to completely like change the way that I see it because before I'd be like, oh, I fucked up a little bit today. I'm going to fuck up the rest of the day and then I'm going to fuck up the next day. You know what I mean? And like, no, it's like, oh my God, you just had something like continue to be healthy the rest of the day. Exactly. The the That's a pretty normal thing. I mean, yeah. for everybody, especially after I started sharing things on Instagram, mm-hmm. I realized, oh, this happens to other people. It's not just yeah. them. So that's what makes me be more open with it. Yeah. 
I want to get into your Instagram account because first of all, I'm your biggest fan. I love your Instagram account. And Megan, who works with me, like we were both obsessed with all your stuff. But I want to understand like when you started to transition to being more on the Instagram game and like being your super health and wellness focus. So it's like you still do your modeling stuff, but I kind of view your account more as like health and wellness inspiration. When did that kind of come to you? And were you like, this is, I want to use my platform for this. Um, time-wise, I would say like four years ago, but I don't think there was like a moment that I said, I want to use my account for this. It just kind of happened. I just started sharing things and people started asking me questions. So when people started asking, I started answering and I liked the feedback because like I said, it made me feel normal because other people dealt with the same things that I was dealing with and other people looked for the same things that I was looking for. So I guess that's when I started just being more open about it. And I did want to differentiate it from modeling versus my Instagram because my Instagram is mine and it's separate work than modeling. So I'm like a model and a different kind of person when I'm with my agencies versus my Instagram. I'm just kind of more myself and I'm more chill and I'm more open and stuff like that. How do you feel now with like the whole Corona thing and Instagram and paid partnerships and all that stuff, given that that is definitely a form of revenue that you can be, that you can have, Yeah. but there's a lot of sensitivities around people like talking about buying things right now and just like things Mm -hmm. that might be kind of like, kind of like luxury things or things that like may not be of necessity right now, you know, that could be of bad taste, but it's also a form of revenue for so many of the people that I work with for sure. You know, I don't think that people should be bashing bloggers or other or trying to sell you things because that's not their problem. I know it sounds really mean, but like, if you can't afford something, don't buy it, but I'm not like, I'm not making money. So why are you sharing expensive things? No, my boyfriend's still making money. He can make, uh, he can buy some stuff. There's tons of other people that are working from home and can still buy things. Right. I think that I don't want to sound rude, but I think that it's okay to be, you know, selling or publishing or paid promotions on Instagram. Like, are you like thinking about messaging differently or is that, or are you just like business as usual? Like I'm going to just, to be honest, business as usual. Yeah. I've been talking about it, but it's not like I'm trying to bring it up daily. I yeah. think that it's Instagram can be a little world that can make you forget about the reality of what's happening. Because I log on to mine, I'm just kind of like, okay, what can I look at now? And then when I look at the TV, I'm like, oh, our world sucks right now. Let's think of something else. So with modeling, like, do you feel like it's something that you want to do forever? Or have you given thought about what this looks like in 10 years from now? Or what your life looks like? Like, how how are you kind of playing with the fact that like, the career can change? And how are you kind of setting yourself up for success for that? So the only reason why I say I don't think I'd be doing this forever is because I don't want to, I guess I don't want to fail at it. I don't know if that's the right answer. But let's be honest. Yeah, I don't want to basically rely on somebody else to make me money. So I'm going to do it as long as I can. And there are mothers that are models that I know one model, she has five kids, and she had them naturally herself. And she works beast and she works a lot. Like, she works in Germany, she works all the time. So she was like, when I saw her, I thought, okay, I could actually do this forever. But 
then I kind of sat back and said, wait, do I want to rely on somebody making me money forever? Or do I want to make myself my own money forever? So that's where I'm trying to focus more on the Instagram stuff. Yeah. You know, my personal brand versus having somebody represent me. I'd like to, I don't mind that people represent me. I love it, but I would also like to represent myself. And do you want to like produce something or like create a product or have you thought about what that is or, or just really right now on Instagram? I've thought about it, but I haven't thought about it uh, like in depth. I know okay. I'd like to eventually come out with something. I just don't know what it is because there's okay. a lot of things that I really love. But going back to the fourth grade skincare, take yeah. care of myself, I think it'd be something like in the self-care realm, but who knows? And maybe it's, you know, workout clothes. I don't know. I want to get into the the skincare thing with you because I've loved your journey on acne specifically because I suffer from crazy acne. I've been on Accutane, like this whole thing. And I feel like a lot of people listening can definitely relate to this, but I want to hear from your perspective on like the fact that your face is also your job. Like, how did you cope with this? And also like, how did you get your skin so perfect? <laughs> <laughs> well, A, thank you. My skin, I would say is still not perfect, um, but looks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> So does yours. Um, so Accutane. Okay, let's go back. So skin. I've always had great skin my whole life because I was taking care of it since a young age. And then that time when I gained some weight in college, I was also partying a lot and I wasn't eating too healthy. So that had to do with all the breakouts and I didn't realize it. And so then I went to get Accutane and it just really... I want to say that I almost felt depressed because my skin wasn't that great because it was always great. And I thought like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that really helped me was my boyfriend, actually. I didn't want to go out with makeup before. I felt like really ugly. I didn't want to see anybody. But when I first met him, you know, when you first meet a guy and you're super nervous about, you know, what he thinks about you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to take your makeup off. But when he first met me, he would tell me like, don't wear makeup. It's okay. And he would look at my skin and yeah, he would like, I even had acne in my back and he's like, do you want me to pop it? It's okay. And I'm like, oh my, you know, get away. Oh my but God. I feel comfortable with my own skin. That's so then, so yeah. So then I thought, okay, if I don't have to impress anybody, so like, why do I care so much? That helped a lot. And the stress relief of caring of what other people thought of what your skin looked like, I think helped my skin get better along with acne. A hundred percent. I mean, I, there's a huge correlation between like cortisol levels and yeah. acne. Like I'm pretty sure that my break, I'm breaking out on my chest, my face, my back. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's this Corona shit. Like I'm, yeah. my well, I was, breaking out too. And I told my boyfriend, I'm like, why, why is my skin so bad? He's like mine too. And I thought it could probably be the stress of this whole situation. You know, that- something else. It's, it's definitely stress and like stress also like makes this happen. But a big thing is that we're all like, not to be disgusting, but we're all probably constipated or like not moving, yeah. not like having bowel movements the normal way that we normally do because we're eating differently. We're not moving as much. We're not drinking as much water. It's like all these things. And I only know this because one of my clients is a, she's a celebrity diet, a dietitian. And she was like, literally no one's pooping right now. Like everyone's buying toilet paper, but like no one's going to the bathroom. I saw an article. So, uh, I didn't read about it, but I saw the headline and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it's so true. But anyway, I want to understand what is your active, like, what is your deeper purpose with all the different projects that you have going on, like with the modeling, with the blog, with your Instagram, like with all these things that you have, what is your deeper calling to everything? Okay. So I thought about this and 
we don't have to put this in there, but I saw that you wrote like, it can be anything like having coffee or making your bed. And so I kind of want to say organization. I know that's kind of weird. Okay. I just noticed that if my life isn't organized, then my brain isn't organized and I can't perform at my best. So for example, I make my bed every single morning, even when I'm in a hotel and I'm coming back to that hotel, I'm mm-hmm. in a hotel bed so that when I get back, it's like a clean slate. I can shower. I can take care of myself. You know, there's no mess around when there's mess and clutter. I just feel like, like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally. But, totally. but like when it comes to like what you're actually like, what your output is, like your photo shoots or your castings or like those like the things that you're doing for work or that you're bringing to the world you know like what what is it that like are you like so excited to be working with brands that you believe in is it that you really feel like you're inspiring other people to live their best life like what what is like a deeper rooted thing on like you wake up in the morning and you're so excited to do this because of x y and z it could be as simple as like it's challenging yourself you know um this is a hard question I know it's so hard and like every single person that gets this question it's like a hard thing to do because sometimes like we just do things because it makes us happy. And that's totally, that's totally enough. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of like a mix of making money, being productive. I don't know. Being real is one of them. It's like my output is I like to keep it real always because growing up a lot of people in high school and I was already modeling like, Oh, but you're a model. So this always looks good on you. I'm like, that's not true. Not everything looks good on me. My skin isn't always perfect. You know, I'm not, I don't always look a hundred, but mm-hmm. so I like to keep it real. And like, I like to be genuine. So. I love that. I love that. And I, I genuinely get that vibe from, from your account, like a million percent. Yeah, glad. Thanks. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously you're gorgeous, but I feel like you just make it in like an attainable, like you're like, oh, I tried this, but I also feel this way. And I also like go through this. And it, it just like, it makes everyone feel like, oh, shit, me too. And like, it's yeah. cool that you can see someone that's like living an amazing life that like also feels those, feels those things. Yeah. Good. I'm yeah. Glad. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever feel like, obviously the model career is like very glamorized and it's very, um, something that everyone like covets and like everyone wants to be that obviously not everyone can, but it's something that people want. Do you ever feel like what people think it is, is not what it is at all? all the time really all the time I remember once I shared a story and I said for everybody who thinks modeling is glamorous I finished my shoot it was like two in the morning I was in a beach all day I had dirt all over my face I smelled so bad it was just like imagine you're sweating outside and there's just your makeup is running and it's just not it's not glamorous all the time really you fly coach like you get put up in like radisons and you know hotel inns it's not don't get me wrong there are some clients that will fly you first class and you get put in the standard work and it's great and they treat you like a princess but other times it's work like work is work and you show up you got to wake up at five in the morning you don't finish shooting till like 8 p.m at night you got to do it all over again tomorrow there's been times i have to wake up at three in the morning for a shoot it's just it's not that like oh this is the life yeah but for someone who's like so into being so organized and having things like pre-planned, like how do you how do you cope with that? That was tough. Uh, that took me a long time realizing like I don't know what my week is going to look like, and that's okay. Actually, the more I worked, the more I was okay with it because 
I guess the flow of income made me say, um, like, it's okay if I need to eat out because I always like to eat in because it saves you money and you can spend it on other things. And also eating in is healthier, like the healthier option and you can control what you put in your body. But when I started traveling twice or three times a week, then I thought, okay, it's okay if I don't cook at home. So I don't have to control that. Right. It's something that, you know, I can let go of and focus on what's going to happen tomorrow. So yeah. It, it was more changing my mindset of what's going to happen tomorrow versus what's going to happen next week or the week after that to a point that people would ask, Hey, can we do this? You know, next month, can we plan for a double date? Can we plan for this? And I was just like, I'm really sorry, but I don't know what my week will look like because there was so many times that I said yes. And then the Monday of that week, I was like, Hey, sorry, we need to reschedule. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah. crazy. Do you feel like you have any sort of control or boundaries with your agencies? Like you can say like, I need X amount of time off or even when it comes to negotiations, like, are you like, these are the only brands that I would not work with. And these are the types of brands that I would work with. This is what I would want this rate to be. Like if they come and bring you an opportunity, how, how much flexibility do you have with what you need? So I learned that that's all okay to say, but I learned it as I got older. Cause when I was younger, I didn't really know about modeling. My parents are not in that world at all. So yeah. they didn't really know about modeling. So I was just kind of like, whatever you say, I'll do. But the more I worked, even this just happened like a few months ago when I just told my agent like, hey, I don't want these kind of clients that are either they pay really low or I have to do my own hair and makeup or I know it sounds like really, you know. No, no, no. It's, it's your job. Like, yeah. yeah, like I just, I'm getting paid so much better with other clients that provide hair and makeup. I don't want to be, you know, and I have to do this um so yeah now you can say all of that you can it's really good to have an open relationship with your agents but I I always stayed kind of quiet um and then they were the ones that that would negotiate my daily rates and they would change those rates between their clients because they knew which clients would pay more so as of probably I would say like seven months ago is when I said, Hey, I'm not taking a job lower than X amount. So it's you charge more when you travel. Huh? Do you charge more when you travel? No, I don't. It's not me. I don't charge. Right. Like, I don't know how it really works. It's I'm just wondering, like, because of the, like the lifestyle thing, like as your career progresses, like, I wonder if that's something that you can just say, like anything that's anything that's local, like I'm happy to have the rates into in like this capacity, but like, if it requires travel for me, because it is really important for me to prioritize being home for at least three nights a week. Like my rate has to go up a little bit, you know, it really just depends. Cause also in modeling the clients, every client is different. No job pays the same. Um, you know, it really fluctuates from like anywhere between I did a shoot for 17 magazine for $120, like nothing versus a shoot for Puma for $20,000. Like it's really, really wide that range. Yeah. So every client is really different. You don't, does your agent like coach you on why it makes sense for you to take a 17 magazine shoot for $120? They don't coach me, but they do like recommend, Hey, it's good publicity. You should do it. Or like, um, it's a good spread. This was before there was social media and Instagram and oh, all okay, that. Okay, okay. I was going to say like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's still pretty low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Low. You'll do it for three It's still, yeah. but, um, yeah. So they do say, we recommend that you take it. If you don't want to, it's okay. But you could say no for everything, like if you wanted. It's up to me, but I'm the one losing money. Right. So, and going to the traveling, I mean, sorry, the um, saying no to jobs, like 
basically I have to book out. So they have a calendar. And if I block out these dates, they know that I can't shoot those dates. But when I go on vacation, yeah, I just block those dates out. But I have to be careful because I don't want to be blocking out all the time. And, you know, you never know when a shoot happens. And it's always my luck when I block out for a shoot. People, like a client, always wants me. So they'll, like for it happened to me a month ago. I blocked out to go to Cartagena for a wedding. And I blocked out. I always block out the day before just in case like travel arrangements. You yeah. Know, flight on the way back home. Then I miss my flight to my destination. Right. But they're like, hey, they want you for these dates. But since it was for a wedding, I couldn't take the dates that they wanted me for except the day before I was leaving. So I said, fine, I'll do the day before I was leaving. And of course, my luck, it was bad. It was snowing. I almost missed my flight. I didn't make my connection. It was just like a horror story. Yeah, but you got there. I did. And you got paid. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, not yet. They actually take a really long time. Time. Oh my god! Actually, that's such a good topic. But like, I don't know if like our listeners like care that much about it. But like, I personally care because like I work also with clients, and like it could be net thirty, it can be net fifteen. Like it's like re- kind of up in the air. How do you like pre-plan your life if you don't know? I guess you have savings, but like if yeah. if you're like counting on a certain amount per month, like how do you how do you kind of like Tetris your money to make sure that you're good? Um, I don't. That's it's. I actually have very bad. Not, I, I wouldn't say I would have bad banking skills, but I just learned to kind of put a large lump sum in my checkings. And then just weekly, I check my account. And then I think, okay, well, I haven't gotten paid. So I should probably chill with my checkings. And that's when I like strap up and I'm like, okay, no more buying clothes, no more, you know, eating out all the time. That's kind of um, be better about that. But then when I get a check, then I'll say, okay, X amount goes to my savings and X amount goes to my checkings. And I try to just keep it at an even level in my checking account. And I know if I drop below a certain amount, that's when it's like, okay, red alert, time to chill. Don't let it drop below this amount. Cause if it does, yeah, yeah. you're screwed. Then I take yeah. it out of my savings, but I really try to avoid that. I try to pretend like I don't have any money in my savings. Same. It's really freaking hard, but it's, I, I I'm terrible with this, so I'm not the right person to ask at all. <laughs> but, um, in terms of like the different types of modeling that you do, which, which kind of industry pays the best? Like beauty, fitness, fashion, what, what do you like the best? And also like, what's the best return for you? Um, what pays the best is e-commerce. Oh, really? So, yeah. So the e-commerce jobs is not what the models usually share on Instagram. Cause it's not fabulous and the clothes are okay. It's not like you're shooting an editorial for Gucci. Right. But those editorials don't pay at all, but they're cool jobs. So it's like, you have to balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Same for every industry. Like you have to have the ones that like, I call them like the investment clients or like, Mm -hmm. I guess it'd be investment clients for you too, that it's like, it helps your portfolio, but like not necessarily your bank account. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so actually for social, like, how does it work? Like, do you have like a social contract with these modeling gigs that go along with it? For some of them, you don't. I try to keep, like I said, my social um, separate from my modeling just because I want to be the one that handles my social. Yeah. that's It's so wild because, like, I do know a lot of models and, like, they've told me that they've lost jobs because their follower account isn't at 100,000 or something. Really? But this this may be more for walking, like walking runways, but that they've that they've heard or have seen that people lose jobs if they don't have a certain amount of followers on Instagram. Well, crazy. I don't know. I think if you're a good model, you'll you'll have clients that like will rebook you and like you because I used to model before there was social media. So 
I feel like I knew what the modeling world was like and what, I don't want to sound mean again, like what real models were versus Instagram models. And then I did a shoot like a year ago and they booked two real models and one Instagram model. And the client did it because she had so many followers. And then they ended up, I don't want to say hating her pictures, but they were like, this is too sexy. Can you stop posing like this? We're looking for more like a vibe like this. And it was one of those, you know, commercially e-commerce clients. So they didn't really get what they wanted. And I'm sure that they probably paid her a lot more than they paid us just because she had over a million followers. And I think now it's, there's been some time. And I think that, uh, clients are starting to realize that it's not all about how many followers you have, but if you are a good model or not. Totally. And it's also just like a different ask. Like you should have a completely separate campaign and budget for whatever you're doing on social and like let them create content. However, that makes sense for them. But then when it comes to like the modeling stuff, just like have different, have different streams for like the different things that you need, you know? Yeah. So there's, a funny story speaking on social media or Instagram models versus regular models. I actually did a shoot for Fire Festival and I actually went to Fire. Wow. Yeah. But one girl, so they hired three regular models from these mm-hmm. and one Instagram model. And I found out later that the Instagram model got paid double our rate in full cash. And yeah. And then we got paid half her rate. And our agency took out 20%. And this was, when was fire? Like four years ago. So it kind of upset me. But then the whole, um, you know, client thinking the Instagram model was too sexy for a separate job. I was just kind of like, okay, well now I guess you're learning, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I wonder, like you're like caught in the middle, right? Because like your Instagram following is definitely. Yeah. But it is funny because sometimes it, I notice that I pose differently when I'm with a client versus for my Instagram. Like so many people say, Oh, teach me how to pose since you're a model. And I'm like, I actually don't even know how to pose. There's sometimes that I'm like, what do I do? And people are like, I don't know, just pose your model. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But then when I'm modeling, like for a client with a crew and a team and like a setup, then I know exactly what to do. You don't even know. It's just kind of like, yeah, like it's, I'm in a zone. But if somebody's taking a picture of me on an iPhone, I'm just kind of like, wait, people are looking at me. This is weird. How do I pose? Should I yeah. So you feel like you're a different persona on set. Yeah, totally. Really? Like you feel like you're acting. Um, yeah, I guess so. When I was younger, I wouldn't allow my parents to be on set with me because I felt so weird being somebody else. Like I didn't want anybody who knew me to see how I was. Cause I felt like it was just not me. If that makes you not it, that makes total sense I like super 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 relate but like how do you feel now do you like does Nick come on set um he doesn't because he's never been to a shoot but, <laughs> yeah but uh I I guess I wouldn't mind now just because I'm an adult and I feel like hey it's kind of cool if you see me in my work zone because I realize also people do turn into other people for work you know yeah. especially during like calls like like there's this meme going around during Corona, like, oh, I have that boyfriend. I have the circle back boyfriend. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I will say the internet has been the best place to be with this yeah, whole thing. Definitely. I think it's really getting me by. Well, um, I want to hear what, oh. sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's why I don't want to post so much like about Corona. And that's why I feel like we should be like business as usual on the internet. Yeah. 
do, how do you feel? I mean, not to like talk about Corona again, but I just, I, I, I'm talking to everyone that I have on the podcast right now about just like their financial security with this whole thing. Like, how do you feel? Um, like, when do you think clients are going to start hiring back? Like, is your agency coaching you on what they're expecting or forecasting? So, um, they're not. I was actually thinking about this yesterday because Corona is affecting the economy. Like, mm-hmm. and when the economy is affected, all the businesses get affected and those are the clients that I shoot for. So I was actually worried and I thought, I wonder if clients will A, be paying the same rate that they normally pay and B, still be booking as much as they were. So hopefully this soon's, um, this ends sooner rather than later. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little bit worried about it, but I'm trying not to worry about it. And so your agency hasn't, we, you haven't been having communication with them on that front? No, I haven't really asked. If I ask, they'll tell me, but I'm just kind of like, I'm just, I'm, not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to be, you know, healthy and keep my body in check and just, I'm yeah. trying to, I'm imagining that I'm going to go back to work in May. Like in May, everything will resume, but yeah. yeah. And I will say like, I mean, I work with a ton of brands. So I think that like what you're doing right now on social is extremely smart. And like, you should continue to do that because like you said, there's not that much positive content out there right now because everyone's at home and thinks that they don't have anything to share. But like you continuing to do that, like your Instagram may surpass your revenue from modeling if you continue yeah, to go down this path. That's you know? cool. Hopefully. I mean, that would be great. But I am also taking this time to focus on that. So yeah. Amazing. So for the person who's at home that has had like that week of binging and has, it's been messy. Like it's been fucking messy for everyone. Like one day I can feel like I'm on top of it, but then night comes around and I'm like, I need all the chocolate. It's, it's everywhere. And you're someone who's like pretty regimented. What, um, what advice would you give to people right now that are looking to kind of have a little bit more balance and you're someone who works from home a lot or like that has like a crazy schedule, like from your experience in doing this for forever, <laughs> what advice can you give people that are kind of now working from home for the first time or now doing? Make a list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make a list of everything that you want to get done. Um, I even, so Nick, my boyfriend tells me that I write down too many things, but I like the satisfaction of checking things off and I just make lists for everything. So I make a list of what I'm going to eat throughout the week. So I know what I'm having for lunch and dinner, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What what day of the week do you do it? On Sunday for Monday and Tuesday? Well, I try to do Sunday. I'll do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Because I notice that if I plan for a long period of time, then it usually doesn't fall through. And then I disappoint myself. And then I feel bad about it. So I try to just do little goals. So Monday, Tuesday, if you can, Wednesday. But you don't have to do Wednesday. So I'll cook. Monday, Tuesday, and then I'll have the leftovers for lunch, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Wednesday, I'll probably go back to the grocery store and plan for Thursday, Friday. And then like every two to three days, basically, just plan your next two to three days. You don't have to plan your entire week. Yeah, that's really good advice. And then in terms of working out? Well, I'm just used to working out every day because I have to. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to, I would say just try to work out three to four times a week, just so that your body moves, so that you sweat and you don't feel like a pig on a couch. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. So this is my favorite question because like the reason that I started the podcast was really for people who are in jobs that just don't fulfill them or living a life that doesn't align with what they actually want for themselves. And I always like to have people on like you that I feel like are really living in something that fulfills them or excites them or 
makes their life happier. What advice would you give to someone who may be struggling to even figure out what that is for themselves or like even what questions to ask themselves on what makes them happy or what their career path could look like? So I guess I would say, I don't want to say journaling because I don't really journal myself, but I guess just sitting with your mind, like maybe try unplugging for a week, get off of your social media, um, try not to work at home, like make home a sanctuary. And when you get home, see what brings you joy. What do you want to do? What do you feel like doing? What makes you smile? Um, yeah, just see where your happiness is and then go from there. So for example, I know that what makes me happy is coming home, taking a long shower, doing a face mask, doing my nails, um, doing a mask to my hair, like just taking care of myself. So then I said, okay, I should probably post this on social media because I was already posting the questions or the answers people ask me. So then I'm kind of building a career out of that. So I'm not saying like everybody should be a blogger, but if you really love it, it's not going to be work because you love it. Because there are some girls that are like, they say, I want to be a blogger because it's cool. And I want to take a ton of pictures. I want a ton of followers, but you're going to learn really soon that if you don't love it, you're not going to keep going. So yeah, I guess my advice is to find what makes you happy, whether it be writing, maybe you want to be an author or maybe what you do actually makes you happy. Maybe you're a lawyer and you love it and you can improve by reading, I don't know, books, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but just find whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you smile. I love that. Thanks. So thank great you. Advice. That was amazing. Yeah. Where can everyone follow you? What's next for you? Um, everyone can follow me on my Instagram, which is Rachel Love with three E's because one E was taken and I hate <laughs> I hate the stupid three E's. Um oh, cute. Rachel well, Love. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's not my name. So or you can follow me on my website, which is actually just Rachel Love. The L from Rachel turns into love and there's only one E like there should be. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was amazing. Having me. I had such a good time. My first podcast ever. I'm so glad. Active Ingredient was your first one. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you can take two seconds of your time to rate and review us, it would really mean the world and help us out a ton. If you guys want more inspiration and quotes from the episode, you can check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you next week.